0: it would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get in. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Hello
1: and welcome to episode 21 of Ford the Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley. This episode looks back at the 2014-15 season, and as it's an extended episode, let's get straight into it. So here we go. I'm here with Dulwich Hamlet Supporters Trust member Jack Bagnon.
2: Hello, I'm Dulwich Hamlet Supporters Trust member Jack Bagnon.
1: I'm also here with Cyclodunk, otherwise known as Duncan Palmer, Dulwich Hamlet fan.
2: Hello, my name's Duncan Palmer, also
0: known as Cyclodunk.
1: I'm also here with Duncan Hart, also a member of Dulwich Hamlet Supporters Trust board.
0: Yeah. Cool. It was a couple
1: days after the Marget, uh final playoff mm. semi-final, sorry, and uh, unfortunately, Dulwich lost two-one. Mm. At the start of the season, if you'd have said Dulwich should make the playoff semi-final, would you have been happy, Jack?
2: Um, would you stipulated whether we'd have won? Or would you just say if we made? If we made. Um, just like some kind a of massive dramatic pause for a quite a simple question. Yes. Yes. Know. Uh, yeah, I think I would have been. I would have been. I would have been fairly high. I think um, in a league when you've got a team spending as much as Margate do, <coughs> and you've got Maidstone who have um, obviously got strong support and always have the money to invest in their team, I think that probably a playoff spot, you know, was a was a reasonable progression. It's an improvement on last year. So yeah, I, w- I definitely would have taken the playoffs. And once you get into them, then you know, as everyone knows, it's a bit of a lottery. And so. What happens, happens.
1: Are you not slightly disappointed that a couple of months ago it looked like there might be a title charge? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I ever thought that we would go on to to, to cruise the title, um, and it's strange that the the form that killed us once again was was the same, exactly the same point as last year, or at least started by, by Lewis away, Lewis, which yeah, exactly the same as last year. Um, but no, I think when you look at when you look at the difference in budgets in this in this league, then realistically, it, it's incredible that um, you know we managed to to beat Margot twice. We managed to compete against those teams and actually be within touching distance for, for, for good periods of the season. So you know, I think all in all, we have to be uh, you know pretty pretty chuffed with that and uh, pretty impressed that, that it's been managed to be done. Really.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd love, I'm happy with it. Really. Um, some teams have gone on some amazing runs obviously Hendon had their spell of incredible form and you think look at the the run of not getting a win or even scoring a goal for a long time to, to still be in the first at the end was yeah, you've got to sort of think yourself quite lucky to be there but yeah it's another year another improvement in terms of league position so next time we'll hopefully carry on
1: especially possibly with Margate winning tomorrow that could be a big team out of the league. So do you think there's more of a yeah. chance we'll be in with a shot at the title next season?
0: Hope so. But yeah, I'm not a betting man.
2: You never know how the teams that come down are going to adapt to you. And is it, is it Farnborough Saints? I mean, Farnborough, you know, have been a, have managed to be in the Conference South for a, a decent few seasons. I know they've moved about a bit, but you never know how the teams are going to adapt, do you? Really, it's. Uh, it, it could well be that one of them comes down and is pretty dominating, but um, it's difficult to know. But I think that most Dulles fans, as long as we're up there challenging, and you know, will be really, really pleased and just just happy that we're at the right end of the table. I
3: mean, uh, certainly I mean, when you when you consider the fact that we've had I think 68 goals taken out of our team from the previous two seasons, I think, and Oz too, man. Correct. Yes. Good knowledge. Uh, and has uh, obviously had to reject the team more than that because he uh, decided to freshen it up and release some other strong players as well from last term uh, and brought in a lot of new faces and uh, he really, the team, took a bit of time to gel um, but it's quite clear that it's been, it's been another step forward, we're in the playoffs and uh, sixth season in a row we've um, finished a, a higher position and um, I think that you can't uh, sing enough praises for both Gav and the team and the management for the, to be able to achieve that while losing such a significant player. Yeah. Um, yeah. And on top of that, uh, with the you know we, Maidstone obviously a bigger budget, Margate reputedly on a budget four times the size of Dulwich Hamlet. So um, to, to be up there and fighting with them is a, is a fantastic achievement. Um, and I only really hope that Margate go up in the playoffs um, uh, to give us a, a fighting chance next next term. Um, because with Gav's record I think we can move further up uh, I think it'd be a big ass to win the league but um, uh, I, I see no reason why we can't you know, go up uh, high on the table for next
1: season and taking away those goals of Irvin from the last couple of seasons the defence has had to improve massively and it says a lot that Ethan Pinnick won three awards at the end of the season Players Player of the Year Sports Player of the Year Managers Player of the Year how do you think Ethan's performed this season?
0: Does so he the stat that he played in every game this he's the only every player that's minute. played every minute of every game
2: Pretty amazing, really, isn't it? He's been, yeah. I mean, he's a different player, isn't he, really? Like, when I first started to see Ethan play, I don't want to say anything rude, but like, when he first started to play, like, he really didn't look like somebody he was going to turn into an accomplished player and have it and then he just he listen to the podcast by the way yeah, I'm sorry Ethan yeah. I know you're probably listening but uh, <laughs> I had a lot of faith really deep down yeah. but I preferred Sol for a long time That uh, <laughs> he he really did it, like, and then his season like it's just it's like watching a different player he's yeah. been absolutely the incredible mess. right from the beginning he's been he's been incredible I think just having that settled position where he's played every week has and been mastered to him you think
1: Terrell playing next to him as well the experience has helped him?
2: Yeah absolutely I think the situation that we've had in the last couple of months um, where we've had Terrell not getting in the team I mean that's incredible Like to think that we were in a position as centre half that we can drop somebody who who for large parts of the season has been has been really really good um, and that just goes to show some of the depth that we've managed to get in defence this year and the, the reason we're still at the, at the top end of the table, considering we've lost so many goals from the team.
3: And, I mean, it's been a fantastic defensive record this season as well. It's had to be.
1: because Second best in the league.
3: Fewer goals scored this season. Um, and it's, it's a testament to Ethan and uh, uh, fellow centre-backs. Kamar has been there for a bit as well, and obviously Terrell, as you say, and, and Matt, Matt Rage. Rage recently, um, to really uh, shore up the defence this season, particularly because they haven't really changed the tactics so much. We've still got the full-backs bombing forward. Um, we have been running towards with a counter-attack, a lot this season and had conceded goals quite a few goals in the counter-attack yeah. and from crosses as well um, but, but uh, if it wasn't for Ethan in there and I think Phil shot-stopping then um, clearly we would
1: never have had that such a strong defensive record Let's go a few of the best bits from the season so we've all been to quite a few away games yeah. what was your favourite away game?
2: Uh, it's Yeah uh, Obviously, the, the, the standard answer is going to be Margate, which was a really, really good day. But I think my probably my favourite was was Leiston, Leiston, however you Leaston. pronounce it. Leaston. Le- Leaston. Le- Leaston. It was it's the one Suffolk, I didn't. That's a for Suffolk
0: it. boy. I'm going to no, confirm it. It's, it's Leiston. Okay, Leiston. Leiston. I think my favourite. Leiston. Leiston. Um,
2: <laughs> it's a very special it's place. Interesting. It's a
0: communist hotbed. It's,
2: <laughs> it's a shame that Michael didn't wear his beret for that game because he would have looked perfect. Um, that was probably my favorite day, like it's it was a, it go. was boiling hot, no, it was such no. a long way to go, and you know obviously because it was so far we had some reduced numbers, but really early at the start it really early though. at the start of the season. It was just like after a long summer of enjoying pre season um to go away to have a good performance where we come away with a victory and also get pretty drunk uh, <laughs> and have a strange bath with Christian Burt. Bath. Bath. It was a clothed bath a and the water was replaced by beer. A bath with old school ravel. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it, that, that, for me, was um, was a pinnacle of the season.
0: I wasn't as there? It's, obviously, it's near
2: the, That's why it was a pinnacle of the season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> <obviously> <laughs> near the size of nuclear power station, so I don't know if that added to the atmosphere. <laughs> it did, it did.
1: How about you, Cyclo, Don?
0: Well, I'd say Margate. In, In January, the league, league game. Yeah, the league game. It was my first proper... Outing words. Got to know people. Set next to an interesting guy in the coach. What's his name? Um, he's wearing a beret. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's always watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, it, I got. I, I it was. Uh, it was a real um, welcoming atmosphere on that coach, and I got to know a lot of people, and everyone was very Aww. friendly. Um, after years of just watching it and going on with mates occasionally and stuff, I actually got to. Yeah, got, got to feel part of the Dulwich family, and the win was obviously ah, was spectacular, really.
1: Ethan Pinnock's winner as well. It's
0: oh, yeah. the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well enough. <laughs> Actually, oh, yeah. yeah, no, it was good. It was a great day. Great day
3: out. Favourite for you as well, Easton? Uh, uh, no, uh, I would go more recent. Uh, Tunbridge, uh, the last away game of the season. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, nice short train journey down there. Uh, good weather, uh, good pubs. Uh, all the, the rabble down there, big, big turnout, uh, good non-league ground, covered ends at both ends, great atmosphere, uh, and a really nervy game. Uh, you know, We, were, we obviously went 1-0 down, and we went up 2-1, and we heard uh, uh, Met Police uh, weren't winning either, so everyone was getting in a really party mood, and obviously, I mean, uh, suddenly Met Police scored to go 2-1 uh, up, and then... And then we conceded two all and then suddenly it was just one goal in it and uh, we could have dropped out of the playoffs. So it was uh, nerves right to the last minute. And then uh, just uh, also the moment with um, uh, Zav's goal as well in front of us, that was great as well to put us uh, two and up before we, we equalised. So I think he had everything really, He had a um, great ground, good atmosphere. Good yeah. game Nervous excitement And uh, a good there, result right. At the end And yeah Frank was there as well
2: I'd like to give a shout out To Canva Island as well I think like, Mainly for the antics Of uh, Brown in goal Which was Not our Brown <laughs> Their Brown uh, Which was uh, Very humorous And Tom's Abuse of him A lovely was just day too fantastic. As
3: well Wasn't it As well
1: Poured of rain yeah. From lovely about 10am To 5pm I think it says a lot That we've picked out Four from across the season So it has been There's clearly been Ahead of a lot of Good away days It has yeah. Um, goal of the season, Jack?
2: Oh, Come back to me, I'm to have to have a little think. Get started start with Duncan? Uh, well, I,
3: I voted for, which didn't win it, um, the Ashley Carew's goal at yes. home uh, in a Hampton-Richmond game in non-league day. Uh, I mean, it was obviously a good finish, but um, I particularly enjoyed um, Ethan's taking the ball out wide, uh, about a five or six step-overs, a spin, a turn a Cruyff turn well that was all in my head I think that bit but then uh, crossing, uh, nicely finding Ash
1: on the edge of the box who then uh, uh, fired home through a crowded box as well so it was placed well and the, the camera push. angle on that was right behind Ash you saw it curl away into the top corner great Absolutely. goal I vote for that as well mm.
0: in front of 3,000 people as well yeah. so a lot yeah. of people saw a good goal there yeah. other dunk? I think it was the, the winner was it against Whittam Hidalgo against Whittam the humdinger bang uh, top yeah. corner That's
1: what, won it in the end
0: Yeah. so I'd say that one also, I thought Caruso scored a really good free kick That's around New Year.
1: Yeah, that wasn't even included right. in the in the list actually. And that was because that was, was from right miles out
0: behind as well, and then it, it bent right into the soccer corner. I think that should have been a contender. Best away goal, sorry, uh, Tunbridge as well. That that free kick
3: by the uh, his first name, another Pinnock about twenty five yards. Mitchell Pinnock, pinnock twenty five yards out. He bent it around the wrong, wa- wrong, wrong way around the wall. Uh, so the other other side to where Phil will stand. An amazing and goal. And just jeez completely wellied it and such a yeah. light swerve as well. One of the best three kicks I've seen in any standard football frankly. Yeah.
2: I mean you're all wrong obviously. <laughs> Why are we wrong? <laughs> because uh the best goal of the season was the greatest goal of all time, Michael Ben Abnett. Sibley's oh, first Michael Abner, not Ben <laughs> Sibleys. There wasn't no Ben Sibley. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Abner for the reserves, who scored the greatest goal oh of all time, gosh, and it was actually remember. recorded by Football Excuses. They changed it, they edited it, they moved it about, and made it less impressive <laughs> than it actually was at the time. So the greatest goal of the season is Michael Abner, and it
1: was the best goal for the Alan Partridge-style commentary. Yes, yes, yes,
2: yes. beat
1: about four men, and then into the box and slipped no, no, underneath no. the goalkeeper. No, that's, that's
3: Football exclusives you. They made it look like four men. It was actually all 15 players of the opposition. <laughs> yeah. He beat all of them.
1: There's only a there's only 10 outfield players
3: well oh, no that's what makes her special you see yeah. they were cheating by having extra players on the pitch
1: that was the best goal of the season what are you? Uh, I voted for Ashley Carew's goal on non-league day after Ethan Pinnock's skinning the defender copy um, I completely forgot about Ashley Carew's free kick actually that was a great goal and it was hard to choose actually because Javier Ovidal's goal against Whitton as well there's so many at the head so many across the season actually so many great goals and actually Xavi Vidal's on the, on the second to last day at Tombridge when Dean McDonald flicked it around the corner and Jav cut inside and buried it left footed Yeah, that was a great goal That
3: was the way to East Greenstead as well in the friendly I mean, all, you 25 could down. Yada. all of those goals have been great
1: yeah. five, five of the goals nominated were uh, five of the goals nominated were three of them were for Javier Vidal's do you think he'll be here next season?
2: Um, no yes I would I don't uh, I think you I hope not but I think he's been here long enough now um, I think that I actually don't think the last season he was his best I think in the promotion season that he had he was absolutely fantastic and maybe he uh, took a season to adapt to playing at a slightly different level or maybe it was just uh, you know a stage in his development but he, he's shown sort of uh, spells of being at his very best again this year, um, and I hope I hope that he does move on because I think he's at an age now where where he's ready to go to a, to a bigger club um, and ready he, to continue his development. He keeps spending a
1: week here and a week there at Championship mm. clubs, and you do maybe begin to wonder why he keeps coming
2: back. But maybe he's just too young for them. Maybe he needs to wait for this
1: summer to probably give a good go at it.
2: Maybe, and I think also there's something to be said about what level you sign to. I think. Uh, you know, Danny Carr was an absolute machine at, at our level and he, he went on to sign for a fairly big club in Huddersfield and didn't really get a chance. was relying on loan moves where he'd go for a month and sort of get a couple of games. Um, and you know maybe, maybe he should pick his club wisely and go to a club where he's actually going to get a, a crack at the first team because I think he's, he's certainly got the ability to play at a much higher level.
1: We've talked about away days. What about what, home games?
2: I had such a hangover on New Year's Day.
0: And I turned up. That neverhead. Thing awful, yeah. And it was busy. There's another plus thousand people there. And it was a great win. And great atmosphere, really. And I think that's probably my favourite home game. What was that? Yeah. New Year's Day. New Year's Day, hey? Yeah. It was a cracker. And I think that's when that free kick was scored, I think. So I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah.
3: Don't. Uh, favourite home game? Well, wow, it could have been, uh, I think, Peckham Town at home. <laughs> What a what a result that was! A last minute. <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. Oh, uh, uh, on podcast, isn't it? I No. <laughs> uh, um...
2: <sighs> Come back to me. My favourite, my favourite home game. Although I was in the shed for the entire game, which did take a little bit of a.
1: The mega shed. You weren't just locked in a random shed.
2: No, I was locked. <laughs> yeah, I was in the mega shed. I was in the mega shed. Um, but Margate at home, I think, was oh, had yeah. all of the ingredients in there, yeah, and that goal from Hamichi. Was absolutely brilliant. Like it was fantastic, and to have their sort of, um, you know, they come down with their money. And to be fair, the, all of their—they just
1: turned up and started throwing ten-pound notes everywhere. I mean, oh, it was that's all it is. That's it
2: is. <laughs> their chairman uh, or one of their directors like came over. It was really, really friendly. It was like inquiring about you know how much does it cost to, to put a shed like this? We might, we might, go. And I actually thought he was going to make an offer for the shed at one point. Like I was doing some serious. Just pack sales it up and take shit. it away. Yeah. Absolutely, but um you know they were very nice, but it 's just like to have a team who have spent so much money and come down expecting to win um, it was it was really nice to just to beat them, especially in the way that we did yeah.
3: Yeah. non league day, three thousand two hundred and fifty six fans I mean sorry, two thousand eight hundred and fifty six fans there, uh, breaking the attendance record at the time in the new stadium, uh, fantastic atmosphere and it completely blew away all our expectations of how many were going to turn up obviously a lot of us put a um a, a lot of work into it um many fans out uh posting and flyering and um stuff on social media really building a big buzz around it um and you know it's great but it was great finally to have a non a home game on non league day as well yeah. um which is brilliant um and making the the uh pay what you want day um and being made nominated uh one of the four uh, clubs around the country to be one of the kick it out um, uh, champions on that day. That's uh, just such, I mean it. It just went so quickly as well. I think it was quite like a, um, a tide of emotion seeing so many people around there. Sort of senses. Yeah, exactly. I uh I didn't really see the game because there's so many people there, you couldn't really see much. But and your goal just of the about. Season, of well, I just yeah. about saw. I saw. I saw Ethan's five turns and uh, crosses, Incredible. and then. Um, yeah. But and we got that, that was that was a great buzz that day. Yeah,
2: and we got I've got to mention Stonewall as well. I think like, oh, yeah. to have something which was you know, I mean, it was only only a friendly, but to have something. Just remind us what so I mean, what was that six 0 win? I mean, exactly, <laughs> was that, that's what was that, right? For people, about, right? For people, no
1: people who don't know, just remind us what that was.
2: So the, the, there was a, a game organised which was an anti-homophobia uh, friendly, which uh, we think was one of the first of its kind where. Um, Dolich played against the gay world champions uh, Stonewall FC so they came down to, to, to play us for a game some of us went around uh, flyering around Soho the night before and trying to um, you know go around clubs and stuff and attract people from the gay communities to say that this is a club where where everybody's welcome and uh, obviously I got a lot of press coverage which was which was nice but there was a lot of people there as well I think you haven't really who you know, who I was trying to hear was saying they hadn't really gone to football, it wasn't something that they ever thought was something for them. Um and actually they came down and had a fantastic day and a lot of the, the fans from Clapton came down as well. And I think, you know, the moment which was which was probably the pinnacle was, was the end of the game where everybody there, the Dulwich fans included, were singing We Love You Stonewall as they came over to to mm-hmm. applaud the fans Um, and just a a really nice moment and hopefully the start of a a bit of a friendship between the clubs I know they've been tweeting us luck this week for our playoff semi-final and so you know it'd be nice maybe we can get some people when Dulwich aren't playing some time to go along and give Stonewall a bit of support because they're an important and and, you know very very nice club Hopefully we can perhaps make that into a regular
3: friendly uh, you know once a season I, I mean, we, need, we need to make such a big deal about it every season just to do it as a um, I think a way of demonstrating that the club is really inclusive we want to be as diverse fan base as possible and just continuing to show we don't this isn't a one-off but we want to play a team like uh, Stonewall um, well, I a England, lot of so.
0: my friends went, went to that as their first game and they've, they've continued going back really especially when they heard about the the game where with collecting money or collecting food for the food, local food bank as well and I think that really resonates with people that I'm, I know in the area who who sort of take an interest in Hamlet. Uh, so I think yeah, another, another really good thing that we do. doing
1: and in the lead up to the playoff semi-final it's Margate which we unfortunately lost there was a conversation that was, happened quite regularly about whether going up to the conference south was a good or a bad thing and from, from my point of view I think the, the two main negatives for me, I mean, there are probably quite a few, but the two main ones are that one, if we went up, I'm not sure they'll be able to play players straight out of the Aspire Academy, which they do at the moment, or straight from the 18s into the first team, which we can do in this league to a point with Sean Mikulski and a couple of others. Jamie Maskell's played this season, so we, we probably wouldn't be able to do that. They'd probably have to go on loan somewhere before they were put into the first team if we made the conference south. And secondly... The experience for the fans probably wouldn't be as good because the trips, the away days are longer. It would cost more money. It would, it would cost more money to get into grounds. Perhaps the stewarding goes up a level. You won't be able to get away with some of the things that we get away with now. I mean, these are just a couple of points which, from my point of view, are quite important. But I, I'm keen to know what you think if we if is the conference south maybe not the best lead to go up into. I think
3: I think the conference south is okay because you're having it's still not it's not segregated. I mean, yes, the prices may go up a couple of quid on the grand scale of things when you're on away day a couple of quid here when you were there not the massive difference with travel costs and having a few beers anyway so I mean to have one last beer if <laughs> you're worried about that um, I mean the travel cost it can be an issue of course um, but it'll be good to see uh, new grounds um, as well
1: Ground Hobbit uh, yeah indeed <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, in terms of players playing players straight out of the academy yeah
3: I'm not. am not so much concerned about that. I'm slightly more concerned about having to play more practical football. Um, more physical. More. Yeah. I certainly think when we play uh, conference south uh, teams in friendlies um, and the old conference, south conference games I've seen, it's definitely more physical game. It's more. Uh, it's.
1: I mean, we played Farnborough early in the season in a, in a friendly during mid-season, yeah, the and, 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 we, and we, we played them. Stains
3: and friendlies and all of them are quite. You know, they they focus on having bigger players and the stronger players. Uh, they're all sorry. over six foot far yeah I, d- I just wonder whether we could um, would have to perhaps try and match that or if we did continue playing the way we do could could we um, walk through the division like we do some against some, some of the teams in the Ryman League I'm not, I'm not sure so it might have to change our tactics a little bit as well which would be a shame because one of the great things about Dulwich is the fact that we do constantly try and play, well not constantly but most of the time play um, attractive passing football uh, attacking football as well um, but I'm not sure we could go go out and play that style quite so much as we do, which would be a shame. But
1: Jack, Conference South. Mm,
2: it's difficult, isn't it? I think I want. I mean, I want Dulwich to win every week, uh, and so a byproduct of that is that uh, you know you may end up going up. I think when we got promoted to this league from last year, there was an, from the league run before the Ryman South, there was a noticeable difference, and it took a while to adjust in terms of um, not so much on the pitch, but. Just the, the, the difference in the stadiums you're going to, from when you're used to going to places where there's a bit of railing and there's a there's a small stand, and there's uh, you know there, there are places where you, there was sort of like ten or eleven fans, and going up a level um, is is very different. There's some de- really decent stadiums in the league we now. I kind of pined and missed a little bit the, uh, the the having those stadiums. which really felt like you were at real real non-league level. So. I don't have a, a grand desire to be at a level where we it's much more like um the football league where there's a, a much bigger stadiums and it feels a lot more like you're playing at a bit of a bigger level. Um but, you know, I want us to I want us to win and so ultimately I try not to think about it as much as I possibly can and uh you know, see what happens. But whether you know, when and if and when we go up, um certainly I think there'll be a, a period of adapting to, to a new level for for fans as well as the way that we play football
1: and also I think what I haven't mentioned is that with the contacts that the management team have I think we'd be able to attract players from at least the conference down to the conference south especially with Gavin Charge maybe even League 2 players I mean Terrell dropped down this season to play for us Yeah. so I think we'd be able to attract a higher colour of players straight away
2: yeah I mean it, I guess it's where does it, it's really hard isn't it I think all of, it, all of the supporters will want us to win every week but I guess it's I guess it reached a level of where, you know, we don't, most people who are coming probably don't want us to get promoted indefinitely to a point that we're in the Football League. And it's one of those really difficult things where, of course, you want us to win every week. But at the same time, what what is uh, the level where actually, you know, it's well, quite a happy being. I
3: think it's an interesting question. I think certainly as we uh, move forward and perhaps having a, uh, a fan-owned club in the, in the next few seasons, it's something we need to really think about in terms of the vision for the club. Do we want to be, I mean, many clubs would just say, Play in the highest league possible that you can get to but is that what we want for Dullochangla? I'm not convinced it is I think we we want to play at a level where we can still um, enjoy ourselves as fans uh, and we can still um, invest in in youth without having to worry about the results at all costs avoiding relegation in the conference or you know, beyond all dreams League 2 or beyond all dreams of some people perhaps but I'm just not convinced that's what this club is necessarily all about I mean, that might be a bit controversial. <laughs> I'm sure uh, many fans will just, you know, always want to aspire to higher. Um.
0: I think most fans, when they sat down to think about a question like that, they probably have exactly the same thoughts in their head, really. So, yeah, I sort of echo what everyone said here.
2: And it'd be interesting to hear the views of um, people who have been going for a lot longer than any of us on that because, yeah. you know, ultimately. Uh, whether we like a, the vast majority of new people who are going, there's at least a partial element of actually they're a bit fucked off with league football and they mm-hmm. watch league football and for one reason or another they're, they're not really going anymore. And so it's that's a very, very different um situation to people who have, you know, always yeah. been Dulwich fans and, you know, for all we know they might you know, quite happily see Dulwich in a football league in however long. So it is a, a very different situation I think.
1: And if we are uh, going to challenge for a promotion again next season, maybe even the title, what areas of the team do you think needs strengthening the most?
0: Striker, yeah, striker. Yeah, I think that's the. You can see the goal, the goals that Urhan offered last year just aren't there anymore. Um, Harry Ottaway has sort of struggled to get back to what he was before he got injured. And they've tried to bring in different people. The, the tank, for example, came in because he was a different option, but it just didn't really work out at all. So I think that's some, yeah, maybe a striker or two would be great to get in. And I think you're right, because
1: we brought in Oma Karoma for a couple of games, yeah. and he ended up going by the Got wayside. his debut, but after that. Lauren Hamici did a job for a couple of months at the start of the season, but yeah. didn't, didn't settle, obviously.
0: And they need a run. They need a run in pre-season with the team as well. I think that helps a lot.
1: Yeah. I played Iron Clunus up front one game as well, and Kevin James is a false nine for...
2: A month at least, and I think um, on the wings as well. So, and, and another option on the wing. I mean, we've got um, obviously Naren, uh You know, picks himself every week. He's he's always going to be there. Lodge will be back think, next season. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Lodge, where is Lodge Dean is, Lodge? Uh, Lodge is a is a fantastic player, and I think that if we'd had him fit, we probably would have uh, got a lot more points where we had the option of him or uh, yeah. Luke. Um, I was really encouraged
0: By Manadio When he first started and mm. he, he seemed like A complete Like a firecracker Of a player He could skim people For fun But I don't know What happened He's
2: Yeah Yeah He went to Centre parks I think
0: the wave machines are great, though. Come on, Brooklyn, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think he was in New York wasn't he? Yeah, I think
0: yeah. he's
3: pretending to be in Brooklyn just to make it a better excuse. But actually, he's actually at Centre Park, just outside London, I think. But um,
1: the thing I is, think- well, Nicky Ball cancelled his Dubai holiday. Always golf holidays. So I not Luke done the same. I suppose we might as well call- talk about the uh, game at Margate. Lost, lost two one. I thought we started quite brightly and then went the goal down and that was after Albert Jarrett hit both posts from about 20 yards out he struck one post with a low shot bounced across the goal line and hit the other post and was cleared to
0: their defender, didn't they? And Yeah, they could and could have cleared it it. so easy. yeah it could have been an and goal. then it, just,
1: it just
3: bounced off didn't
1: it yeah, yeah and then later on in the half unfortunately Phil Wilson misjudged a cross and they hit it, headed it into open net so we were 1-0 down at half time but then um, Nairon Clunas' brilliant run yeah. forward and curled into the bottom corner from the end of the box Pandemonium behind the goal, but then unfortunately, about less than ten minutes later, they scored again. Margate scored again. It was another header from across. I think well, it,
0: did the homework excellent I mean, we Well, have, it might have
1: rebounded off Matt Drage and then hit Phils and went in. However, like we said earlier, there were a lot of crosses into the box where they knew it was our weak point.
0: As soon as I saw that cross go in, I said to I can't remember who was next to me. Can't remember much about the night, but it's,
1: it's that angle of the cross I, that you know said, is going to cause problems
3: against Stalyers
0: straight away. That's a goal. It's that angle, where yeah, mm. it just bends into the six-yard box.
3: Yeah,
1: causes problems a lot
3: this season. The crosses and um, and and on the counter attack as well. Part, I mean the counter tap partly because I think we play a fullback's quite a quite high, high at the pitch yeah. but the crosses I think that's something that really needs to
1: be It's not hard to work on in training no. I know they only have two training sessions a week but you think that when they start conceding goals most of the time from that situation you think they'd start sorting it out because I remember we, we spoke to Phil earlier in the season we said that's yet another goal from a set piece and then the next game I can't remember who it was at home. It might have been VCD. We conceded an identical goal yeah. within about 15 minutes of the game starting. What
2: are you can do about Phil? I thought Pedro did well when he came on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, he didn't.
3: Did, did Pedro not make the bench? No, he wasn't anywhere oh, near could, the squad. I, I Could have sworn he you, is, uh, you see. I listened to the podcast last week. Time. You see, and I, I, I thought Jack Bagnall predicted wildly that uh, Pedro was going to be a surprise addition <laughs> to the, uh, the squad. Predicted
2: Phil Wilson in goal, and Fred, so, Jack uh, also
1: said he wasn't going to come to Margate, and he bottled on that as well. So,
2: yeah, I was. Yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea of the date, did we? Yeah, I did a Farage. I think we did great to get so many people there at short notice. and The club did great to get transport sorted out. And mm
2: so short notes the work of the volunteers actually yeah. of, especially Ooh. of
1: Mishy, Sean Dooley and Liam Hickey as well to get everything sorted out and Griff
0: Griff,
2: and Griff Grif. as well, yeah, Paul Griffin the amount Griffin. of time yeah. that they, they spent sat around in a bar, that <laughs> doesn't sound so hard when you sell like, it sat open. around <laughs> in a bar, Drink, drinking bar, getting really uh, selling tickets to things and I think that is one of the things that emphasises how important volunteers are yeah. to this club and yeah. the only way the club manages to run is through volunteers and I think that probably a lot of new people are coming, see that there's um you know there's people involved and probably uh think that there are people who have been involved for years and years and years and a lot of them are but that doesn't mean that it's not open to new people and I know all of the people who volunteer the club would welcome fresh blood and welcome new people coming in and giving up their time because that's the only thing that keeps keeps the club running and so if there's anybody who's you know thinking they'd like to be more involved in the club um in in whatever way, whether it's a small amount of time they can give or a lot, then I'd encourage them to to oh, get in touch get with people. The yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Even if you can't, even if you can't give the time to help somebody on the turnstile,
3: or if you have particular good uh, skills at running uh, online merchandise operations and uh, yeah. uh, stop taking and running a mega shed, then please do get in touch.
2: We've so- already got Binbag though so nobody apply for <laughs> Binbags. We've got Binbag Mel yeah. um, if she likes to be known. So yeah,
3: yeah. Binbags are covered.
2: Binbag Mel. I suppose
1: we'd also, we should also give
2: a shout-out as well to the bar staff who have coped with
1: massively increased crowds this season. Yeah, and and this it's is bar
2: staff. I mean and it's not, from, and it's, This one who supports Pompey is a bit of a twat, but apart from him, they're a really good bunch. Charlie Bass <laughs> legend. Really good bunch. i
1: have never heard a word said against him.
2: <laughs> and it, and it, how <laughs> nice, I don't know, is this is this Stephen's uh, first...
1: Stephen's first, first season. Season,
2: man. It's amazing, isn't it? To, He's done
1: an awful lot, actually. Of
2: course he has, and it's so nice. Around. It's so nice to have that... Uh, um, it's like going to your local Stephen Bar manager I yeah you've got that face that, that lots of people know yeah. lots of people will go in and have a chat with him um, and it's just so nice the fact that yeah he really makes his own it's so, good even good little things well.
1: and if they, um, when we had the football be on boarders launch party as well didn't they donate was it 80 or 100 quid to the pot yeah, yeah. St- straight over they just gave they did, it over yeah
2: it. and like stuff like uh, you know Christmas like you know Stephen done all this stuff to make it really special it's yeah. just lovely Like it really feels like he's uh, put his stamp on the place and it's been done really well yeah. mm. I just hope that the Suffolk Council finally
3: after months and months of deliberations, finally uh, give a license for the club to serve outside. I mean, there were some problems under previous ownership in terms of the license and how it's been treated, but Stephen's turned it round. Uh, absolutely turned it round. And uh, it's a shame that the council have taken quite so long to um, deliberate on uh, giving us um, permission to serve beer outside. Because um, at the moment, the bar, much as they did a fantastic job of serving as many people as quickly as they can, but in those peak hours, We've got, you know, in some some Maidstone game, three thousand people, and it's just one bar. It can't cope. We need to have um, outside service points to be able to provide our fans, um, supporters, um, what they what they want. to wants to drink at a game, um, because clearly, as you'd have seen after the Maidstone game, Sainsbury supermarket, the shelves are quite empty of beer. So, you know, say what you want, but um, I'm guessing some of that beer might have come in the ground. No. Yeah, I think it could have done. Yeah. Get out. Yeah, I know. No, seriously, I've heard rumours.
0: Yeah, How are
1: the Buckfast
0: stocks? Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> it
1: seems we don't stock it. Yeah. Disgraceful.
0: <laughs>
1: There's been an awful lot of media coverage this season, especially in the written press. We had a was there was an article in the Independent. There was not, there was a Vice article. There was the Observer. Four telegraph. 442, four 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 Telegraph. Come, when Saturday comes. Sunday Times. <laughs> what do you feel like overall about the media coverage? Has it been a positive?
2: Um, I think it's been positive in getting crowds up. Yeah. I think. Um, it's very unlikely that, um, that somebody from outside the club is going to get the balance just right in terms of how they describe things which are going on. I probably think that the articles which haven't attempted to to give a synopsis of the club and instead have focused on a particular game and what's happened on that day have probably been more accurate than some of the pieces which have um, maybe, you know, tried to just stamp a label on the club. But ultimately... Vice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I quite liked the stuff around 442, where it was just covering an event and it was saying, "This is what happened." He came to meet us. He, he came to a game, and I thought that was a a nice way to do it, um, and probably a more accurate way rather than trying to say, "This is what the club are all about." When you when you probably don't. It's really all about having
1: an angle compared to actually reporting on what's going on, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Michael Wagg, I think his name is. He got he Waggy,
1: over. sports Sorry. team legend, Waggy.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, he did a very good article. Was it for the Lambeth Weekend or something like that? I was a supporter who wrote an article that uh, was very well written. Um, and I advise anyone who wants the, kind of the best kind of synopsis of what's been going on this season to refer to that one. Um, yeah. And I think even all these different articles you've been mentioning, that you combine them all together, it yeah. gives a, you know, a good story of the whole yeah, club, yeah, you know, yeah. Slightly different angles in each of them. And, and clearly, it's had a massive impact on attendances, which is only, only good for the. Uh, the couple of. The couple of.
2: Legs was brilliant. Michael Legg's yeah, article yeah, yeah. is absolutely brilliant. Is well, wait, it it yeah, yeah.
0: annoys a certain Chelsea fan. <laughs> oh, that was the best oh, part that's about so it. That was so good. He did that's was the best part he about it. it. yeah. yeah he's a, he's a good guy, Michael Legg. Like, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Considering yeah, he, he hated football, but he had a good time. Um, who was the Sunday Times all, journalist? The Sunday Times journalist. Oh, about the article. Um, Rod No. Rod Little. Yeah.
3: Rod that's that was an
2: awesome. That, really? Well, yeah but if you understand the of things that he writes, I think that was probably him being quite quite uh, pleasant like he does write a lot of horrible things, so I think we should probably take that as praise in some ways. I mean he is a pretty you know unpleasant in terms of the stuff that the stuff that he produces and the things he says about people so uh you know I took that as. Is a, is a massive yeah. amount of praise I think he
3: questioned our International Women's Day effort when we gave free tickets to uh, local women's um, and girls football teams uh, because women women can't play football so why do we bother
2: and he basically yeah he basically was trying <laughs> to suggest right. that the idea of He's being anti-discriminatory is a middle class thing yeah. which just clickbait. a load of crap He's yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. No. But we shouldn't give him any airtime. cut this no cut this. Screw, screw on little on
3: screw on little
1: yeah <laughs> best signing of the season
0: Cyclo Dunk oh gosh come back to me on this
3: (laughs) 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 Ash Karu clearly (laughs) signing of the season yeah best signing I mean clearly Ethan and Zavradi at the club they've had good seasons but best signing Ash by a mile um I mean, it, we, <laughs> I lost count the assisters, man. I think you put it on your, the podcast at one point or on Twitter. I think he assists. ended up with twelve assists and twelve goals. from yeah. the centre midfield. Yeah, I mean, clearly someone those were, were penalties. I think five were penalties, perhaps, A couple of um, free kicks as well. But it's not, it's not just the uh, his, his assists and uh, his goals, but it's just the way he brings the, the brings the play from the tax defence and very good coming down the inside right as well. Many of the assists coming down the inside right, when perhaps you know you'd hope perhaps the, the right winger might be doing more of those. Um, and is, is, has had some good long range goals as well um, some people are him for slowing down the play but actually that can work to our benefit sometimes just taking an taking extra touch and uh, waiting for players to move into better positions um, so I, I, don't, I think that's a good thing but, frankly that he can play at a different pace uh, so he's been a fantastic signing and I really hope he stays for next season Do you think he will? Uh, ask him hope so, I say, so yeah,
2: he's good. Yeah. Are you going Kareem? <laughs> I'm going to go Crew. he
0: just seems to be he seems to have the extra little time on the ball which a quality player tends to have and he's versatile, he's a physical presence. And you can tell he's played at a high level.
1: Yeah. He
2: played
0: in the conference for a season or two with Barna.
2: Yeah. I, I'd go I'd go. I, we already discussed um, a lot. of I would go Forbes on the basis that if we hadn't have signed Forbes, I, we, I don't think our promotion. I would have been dead and buried in terms of getting the playoffs by Christmas. Like he has changed. The, he he is responsible, in my opinion, for the development in Ethan. He's responsible for the fact we became a team which um, was maybe one of the best offensive outlets in the league instead of maybe one of the, the top goal scoring um, ones. And even though. You know, by the end of the the season, he he wasn't playing regularly, and maybe there were games where he didn't have the best games. I think that his influence has has been the the biggest impact on our season, as far as I'm concerned. I go for Tom Derry. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Hugo would go for Tom Derry as well, would not he? My I mate think, Tom, my mate Tom. I
3: think uh, I think you need to give a bit of credit to Fraser Shaw as well. He's been a
2: good oh, signing. Oh, Fraser yeah. Shaw, uh, absolutely really uh, great signing, uh, uh, isn't there as well? Uh,
3: like well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he came in like uh, an absolute express train at the beginning of the season, well not quite the beginning. beginning, like September I think it was, and uh, had such lightning pace down the left,
1: fits into the it's team like non-league perfectly. Ashley Cole in his prime.
3: <laughs> First fits yeah. into the team perfectly in, uh, in terms Without of... Without the, the uh, like, womanising. We like attacking. And shooting ballbacks. people in
1: the face with guns. You don't
3: know that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, you've been interviewed. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm hosting, I can do what I want. <laughs> um
3: he did come a little bit off of the boil towards the end of the season perhaps uh, did uh, yeah true I think the, his crossing was getting a bit wayward um, um, compared to the early of the season was whipping in excellent balls so yeah def- definitely a great signing and, and I hope he continu- stays at the All-Age and continues to develop next season
2: and, Ab- and Abner as well I know he, he lost his place towards the end which I was gutted about because him and Shaw have been absolutely incredible and to have two fullbacks of that quality has been amazing yeah, indeed. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I, I can't believe we've released David Dean. Um, well, I couldn't, but then when, you, when Fraser Shaw rocks it, it kind of yeah, seemed right. like a. You and know, Jordan it Hib- Hibbert's done very well at right back as well. I mean, uh, I think um, that's probably his.
3: I mean, I think he likes to. F- he, he sees himself as a defensive midfielder. He scored a great goal from midfield
1: uh, away at Hendon to equalise. There's a, there's a video of him on Facebook, which is about six or seven minutes long, of him playing for Chelsea Youth in centre midfield. Of oh, like right. a promo video of him just getting the ball and then just laying it off like Sergio Busquets just laying it off just laying it off yeah. it's beautiful you, it's beautiful I think he's, he's definitely got a bit of the Ray Wilkins about him in the
3: midfield um, uh, which is a, a big tribute I guess going from Chelsea perhaps well, I, I think he's, he has played his best for Dallage at least when he's been at right back doesn't necessarily mean his best position mm. uh, and Abnett was definitely very unlucky to lose his place of the team um, but he's done, he's done well as well Dino Mark Dean McDonald oh, God Macca He's yeah. brilliant He's hey, mate. I, Most I mean he's been described I forget who Who is the most skillful player In non-league uh, That was me Joe man. Joe Benjamin <laughs> That was Joe Benjamin
2: The other, the the other be month BS. When we
1: interviewed him Said that in training He does things that no one else At the club does Or can do
2: The guy has got some serious Serious talent Unbelievable techers Unbelievable techers Soccer again. Get. I'll cut that out Yeah but you know the guy Who used that phrase <laughs> You know the guy who used that phrase Used to play for Dulwich it's a guy from, he used to be in Dream Team, and uh, he, he that was, he, he played for Dulwich and then he went on and had this strange career of. Uh, Andy Ansar? Yeah, yeah, he, he plays, played for Dulwich. Uh, he coined that phrase, right? Yeah, he coined I that didn't phrase. know that. That's his phrase, yeah. He saw it for Dulwich. the first time this, for, in years this morning, is still. And you were awful. slightly attracted to it and you couldn't work <laughs> out no right. exactly. why, and that's saying it. it all day. We've been f- like, f- don't f- shut f- up f- about f- f- fucking <laughs> techers.
1: <laughs> we don't even know what it means. I'm definitely going to have to click explicit We've on it. You've, <laughs> you've
0: got a beeper, right?
2: There's the a
0: cat.
1: Oh, hello. No, the cat
2: knows nothing. Where were we? A Dino Mark. Oh, Dino Mark. It's bloody really great, it. mate.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a player. played in the player. SBL. I'd love him to play more yeah. for Dulwich. Mm. You can understand, sadly, why he hasn't played quite as much. Because he is that hes that second forward. Uh, he needs a to
1: luxury it. player, maybe.
3: Yes. Um, he, he's a, he'll be, if you're in a four four two, second forward would be a fantastic player to have he just can do what you want yeah um, but unfortunately we, n- we don't really play that formation that often Yeah, I did kind of, we did play it for a bit with Kevin James and um, Harry Ottaway well, I did kind of wonder why, why Macca didn't play that role next to Harry um, that could have especially when we were struggling in yeah. the change of a team round like, he didn't really get a chance I
2: think um, it's just like when you get like a really nice bar of soap and it's like really really good and you're like do you know what i really really like this soap and you go to a shop and you realize they've not got any left and you're like you don't want to use up all of that soap so you have to use it really sparingly maybe only on special occasions um or maybe just like once a week and then you keep the soap and it gets smaller so much more gradually that actually it lasts a lot longer, and, and I kind of think that that is a thinking behind the way that Dean McDonald is used at the moment. They don't want to wear him down, he's and smaller. and not yeah, and not be able to wash with. <laughs> this him. is I mean, peak now again. That's that's two, two weeks is. in a row. So I think he's it is already
3: quite short, isn't he? So I mean, it's quite of a risk. Clearly, I mean, he, he's, I has he got it. the same skills as Erwin Because right. if you were to use him at no one does. Before, Get, wear him out more I mean, he, that's my he'll management. become urban that's my management.
2: and then you know you, you manage your easily. man the same way you manage your bar and is safe right so right we'll
1: Let, like, we've, we've, we've gone slightly off course let's, let's wrap this up <laughs> Just right that, yeah. sum, up, sum up the season me on that. sum up the season in one word sensual woof plum <laughs> <Bomb> face
0: <laughs> oh what <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: um
1: swaggering perfect Oh. oh. what Fantastic season review, lads and
0: thank That's you fourth. thank Perfect.
2: you to Forward the Hamlet for a great podcast. I'd like nice. to thank Forward the Hamlet um for a for a great year's worth of podcasts. Yeah. Um yeah, it's, it's been it's been really good. So uh, well done lads. I've uh, I've really enjoyed listening to it.
3: Yeah, I think it's been fantastic. It's been a complete revelation on the uh, Dalich Hamlet social media uh, this year with not just the podcast, but the tweeting and the infographics. (laughs) And I really hope next season
2: that Hugo starts putting his weight a bit more. (laughs) And the moral victory as well. The moral victory as well. He just stormed out, didn't he? The (laughs) moral victory fanzine as well deserves a massive shout-out and uh, I hope they both continue to go from strength to strength and that you eventually let Jack McEnroy get involved again in his in his podcast because it's a little bit rude that you forced him out <laughs> and now he's not allowed to
1: even appear on the show he definitely didn't abandon us as far us. as we're concerned
2: he, he's we're, nothing we're to do it. he's too
1: anymore. cool for Fort now
2: he's too cool for everything got, you've, like got bold. Bold. you've got to keep him involved you've got to keep him involved
3: Dan- I don't want to mention the role of Adelaide that Supporters Trust this year so I won't
0: but you can Dan- no we should, yeah, you should. hey so you've been great he's <laughs> been great he's well. done a lot of great work in pushing the uh, agenda of fan ownership and getting more more merchandise other mega shed yep. going on the go and it's just yeah it's great great to see the club growing and I'm yeah I'm delighted that I'm the most featured person on the the worldwide gallery of Dunwich Hammond no, sorry Hammond, we're not talking too. about Fordham now to, to, to tell, us, tell us about <laughs> the, <laughs>
3: wait in some ways a lot of great work with other communications and, uh, yeah what about the
2: communications
0: what do you think oh, about communications the a sporadic email that sometimes gets sent out I, I, I don't know guys um, in
2: some ways in some ways not, are the board members the like club. role models to you. <laughs> you what about that what? in some way are the members of the board like your biggest role models and quite an aspiration uh-huh. to you I, they do a great barbecue that's all I can say this is praise indeed. Well, yeah. Jack, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, Ben Sibley. Um, it's, no, the pleasure has been all mine, and I look forward to joining you again very soon for some more insightful opinions um, quality, and decisive. Don't say banter. Disf- don't say banter and decisive, um, well-informed things thank you Cyclo Dunk thank you for having
0: me first appearance in person um, I've been name checked quite a lot which I appreciate have you enjoyed it I loved it been brilliant, and um, Here, they'll probably kick you out. Cyclo is to next season. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll go on, onwards and upwards. I do
3: warn you, Dunk, uh, Ben, and Hugo do have a habit of uh, spending a lot of time interviewing Duncans and then uh, <laughs> editing out entirely, so you don't appear in the podcast you can't all, whatsoever. You know, so just you know, just
0: let a let warning.
2: A I also yeah. just want to quickly, very quickly, say that earlier on, Raccoon, I, Raccoon. Saw, Raccoon. I saw I saw Dunk be quite close to people taking photos inside of a coffin, <laughs> and I'll leave it there. Thank you and good
0: night. I was defending the dead.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Duncan Hart.
3: Thanks, Ben Sibley. Much appreciate. Your work is brilliant. Keep it up. And uh, I look forward to more of the same next season.
1: Huge thanks to Jack and Duncan and Duncan for their time and also to all other fans we've spoken to this season. This also includes the players and management staff and other staff around the club that have helped us make the podcast what it has been. We hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll continue to broadcast throughout the summer. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Don't forget to get involved online with Ford the Hamlet. Our Twitter is at Ford Hamlet. The Facebook is Ford the Hamlet and our website is FordtheHamlet.com where you can find all of our past episodes, blog posts and our supporters gallery. Ford the Hamlet is part of the Hold Fast Network. Visit Holdfastnetwork.com for more quality podcasts.
0: An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get in. Swaggering dandy. An absolute humdinger.
1: Almost forgot to mention, I've mentioned it before, but we need to mention again just in case you missed it. If you listen to the podcast through any other medium other than iTunes, you'll need to resubscribe Uh, as soon as you can because we're changing our hosting service so if you listen to the podcast through any other way other than iTunes you will need to resubscribe otherwise you won't receive the latest podcasts also we've been running a competition over the past week or so to win an original 1936 Dulwich Hamlet photo card which uh, they were issued in the 1930s by Ardath Tobacco Company I've got a load of names here and I am going to randomly pick and Nick Ashton has won the photo card so congratulations Nick we'll get in touch and grab your address off you and get it out in the post for you and Nick Ashton has won the photo card we'll have another competition soon We've got a couple of bits and pieces that we can use over the summer
2: so stay tuned anyway that really is all for this week see you in a couple of weeks